What's up, bro? Welcome to another episode of the Brand New Show. As you know, I am Brand New. And like always on all podcast platforms, Brand New Show, as well as our uh, YouTube channel, Brand New Show, and also streaming <laughs> social media platforms, Brand New Show. That's Instagram, TikTok, you know, all social media platforms, threads, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tonight is Wrestling Life. Uh, WWE Payback Rate and Review Show, but before I get into all the matches, my rating for them, how I feel about the matches, what I thought of them, uh, I want to start it off by, uh, uh, since technically I never did one, um, talk about uh, the late, great Bray Wyatt. Um, man, um, when that happened, you know, Literally, what, last Thursday now? Damn. Um, yeah, when it happened uh, last Thursday when we got the news, everybody, when it broke, uh, that he passed, um, just like everyone, man, I was uh, hurt. I damn near cried, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it was, it was that, that hit, you know, um, the man was full of potential, and you knew it. And in the little time that he had the chance to be the guy, you know, WWE clearly couldn't. I really wish I would have saw what he could have been in the Triple H era. He didn't get a real chance to be in the Triple H era. He came back next month would be a whole year that he he came back to WWE, like. Yeah, when he came back at um, Extreme Rules, I think it was, what, October of last year? Um, yeah, so he didn't even get a chance to, like, fully enjoy his second run. I mean, he came back at, at Extreme Rules last year. I remember just talking about it last year on, on that that uh, Extreme Rules uh, rate and review show. I talked about it, how excited I was to see him back, how – you know, I thought he shouldn't get into the title match with Roman Reigns because I thought they should build him up a little bit more. Um, but you could tell uh, that he was he was one of the rare few that when you first saw him, you know, you knew he was different uh, when he came to wrestling, man. Um, he called himself the new face of fear. Um, I remember working at the airport here in Houston, and we used to uh, we used to talk about this all the time. Who should have who should have beaten um, Undertaker and took the streak. Some people said well, it should have been Roman. Some people said probably should have been set. You know, yeah, it was the right call to put Brock there, but most of us all agreed that it was Bray Wyatt that should have beat the Undertaker and took the streak because it would have made sense. And because you, you want to create the new face of fear, he has a record that easily could have been his, I get it that he lost to John Cena at WrestleMania 30, but it would have been way more important if Bray would have beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 31 or WrestleMania 30, which you should have had. Then him, he takes on John Cena at WrestleMania 31, which would have been perfect because then he would have beat the, the streak and then he would have took on the legacy of John Cena instead of John Cena Losing to John Cena and then losing to The Undertaker and two fucking straight WrestleManias, which 
I still don't understand how that shit happened, but, you know, WWE, what can I say? Um, I was a fan of Bray with the Wyatt family. I became a super fan when he was the fiend. Like, I'm going to be honest, man. I was a massive fan of the fiend. I hated the fact that when he first debuted it, after fighting Finn Balor, they immediately put him in the Universal title match against Seth Rollins, which I thought was the dumbest shit ever. It clearly was a bad call because it could have, you could have built that rivalry up better. And, and, excuse me, I know Seth didn't at that, Seth at that time didn't really have anyone to really fight him because Raw just didn't have anyone. But Bray was not a bad guy. You know, that's what they try to deem him as, as the hill. But he was not a bad guy. People loved him. And I think you just rushed that shit too fast. And I think that it should have never happened at that time. But all in all, he gets the title at Crown Jewel. He goes to SmackDown and has some of the best, actually, robberies on SmackDown. Um, If you actually watched him versus Daniel Bryant, before Daniel Bryan really left the company, that was the best damn robbery they had at that time before pre before the pandemic. That was the best robbery they had. Um, that match at the Royal Rumble in twenty twenty, one of the best. Like the strap match was fucking incredible. Um, you know, even they, they I don't know how to how you fuck up a Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt match at Survivor Series, but they did that in 2019. They fucked it up. I have no idea, but they did it at the Royal Rumble 2020. It was an incredible match. Um, one of the matches I wish I would have saw in, in person. Um, throughout his time, man, Bray was was different. You know, uh, like I said, one of my one of my favorites, um, because the man was creative. In a world where everybody has dirt sheets and everybody could just easily uh, say what was going to happen on on a, on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, or any of these pay-per-views, he found a way to make wrestling interesting. He found a way, and that is something that you cannot take from that man. Um, that's why I hit so hard for wrestling wrestling fans last week when, when he passed. Because it wasn't just like we lost a wrestler. We lost somebody that challenged the norm of what wrestling was. Um, especially, you know, in this era where, like I said, where everything is so easily on the internet. But he was he was very calculated. He was he was very gifted at gifted. He was gifted at, at, at creating characters that stood out the Wyatt family which is still one of the greatest factions in WWE um and it's crazy to think that they didn't even have a chance to have all four members fully there a lot like because Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, Brian Strowman and Bray it wasn't even there I would have loved to see what the hell the Y6 would have been because of the, the rumors were true that it was supposed to be a mixture of like you know Alexa Bliss and his brother Bo Dallas and Eric Young, and then he was going to, like, bring in some other people. It would have been amazing to see what it would have been because I know he would have created something that was going to last the test of time. So um, it sucks that he passed. Um, 
so suddenly, man. It just came out of fucking nowhere. Uh, you know, you hear about his health problems. You know, at the end of the Royal Rumble, you hear that he's got health problems. He's been dealing with stuff from COVID. And you're like, okay. And, you know, and then so I, I watch you too. I watch all the wrestling podcasts and all this stuff. So when you hear that Bray is coming back and he's he's in good he's in a good position with his health and everything a week ago literally like literally like a week prior to him passing it was like a art it was like I was watching wrestling talk and it was like Bray Wyatt should be back soon they say he's doing good they say his health is improving he should be back soon and then literally a week later you hear this man is gone so it just it just yeah yeah that fucked us up that fucked me up yes that that day I I I had to keep myself from crying uh, because that shit really did fuck me up a little bit. Cause I'm like, God damn, man! Like, how did that happen? Like, like, come on, man! But man, for Bray, man, uh, thank you. I got been posting ever since he's passed. Thank you, um, because without you, man, them er, them late twenty, <laughs> them twenty thirteen. Like 2012, 2013, 2014 years, 2015 years, ew, shit, we wouldn't have survived them. Let's be real, and especially in that pandemic. Oh my god, we probably would have never survived 2018 to 2020 wrestling because, let's be real, they had nothing. Like <laughs> they had absolutely nothing. Um, especially that pandemic. Oh my god, that was terrible. I mean, a lot of people don't talk about the Fiend and Randy Orton feud that much during that pandemic, but that was one of the best feuds during that whole pandemic. So yeah, man, but thank you, Bray Wyatt, for, for, for being a creative mind that you was, man, thinking outside the box with the wrestling and just giving us endless characters, the Wyatt family to the fiend, to the eaters the eater of worlds, to, you know, the new face of fear, man. Thank you. And uh rest in peace, man. Thank you. <sighs> Let's get into it, man. So, like I said, today is the pay, it was just the payback, uh, pay per view WWE's payback rating review show. Um, I know I do wrestling life, and I mainly do WWE because I don't really I'm not like a lot of these other wrestling podcasts that look at every damn thing. I'm not I'm not that. I'm not gonna even sit here and act like I am. Um, I've said when some stuff comes up like AEW stuff today, I would address it if I did feel some type of way about it. Um, and I feel fucked up that I got to even dress it because this is a WWE night and I really want to sh- just show love to them. Uh, but if it wasn't about CM Punk, I probably wouldn't talk about it because I wouldn't really give a fuck. But CM Punk gets fired by AEW today. Um, how do I feel about it, man? I see people saying this is the dumbest thing AEW's ever done. Um... I, I truly feel like, man, AEW um, was fucked regardless. If they would have fired him as they did today or they would have kept him, they were fucked. There was no way out of this situation, and it was going to be a good situation. Yes, the elite is back. You re-signed them, but at the end of the day, if you would have kept CM Punk, that shit was never going to work, period. It was going to come to a head eventually, so it doesn't matter. That CM Punk is fired. Now a lot of people are saying out here is saying that um, AEW is fucked. CM Punk is gone. What are you gonna do? He's the highest selling 
you know, merch guy. He's 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 the one that brings in all the people, all of this shit. What is AEW? Well, AEW goes back to where AEW's always been. A very high profile TNA. I've said this shit. I I've downgraded it from WCW to TNA. At least Impact is still alive. I don't see AEW stand alive for too much longer because as great as their matches are, as great as they do to some of y'all, and I'm not one of these, I'm a, I'm a WWE flag-toting guy, nah, 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 But this is why I kept thinking, like, people that wanted to create a rivalry between these two companies. You can't create a rivalry between a company that has been established for 30, 40, fucking 50 years, some shit like that, like, to a fucking company that literally lost its co-founder. Cody Rhodes, and he went back to WWE, and now you're just sitting there with two, with three guys in the elite that some of us probably have never heard of. If you didn't watch New Japan, if you haven't watched Ring of Honor, you haven't seen all these wrestlers. You never seen Kenny Omega, or you never seen the Young Bucks. You never seen Adam Page. You probably don't give a shit. So as much as you, and I love AEW's matches. I think AEW could do incredible jobs. I think they have a, an amazing star in MJF. They have so many great talent over there. The problem with that shit is, is that you're letting the fucking talent run the asylum. And eventually, it's going to turn into what CM Punk turned the shit into. A fucking, like a fucking entire crazy ass Mad Max scene. Like, it's just going to go crazy. CM Punk can do shit except show you what AEW is. It's not WWE. It will never be WWE. I don't give a shit how many times y'all want to run out here and scream AEW did the biggest wrestling event of all time in, in, in London. I don't give a fuck about that shit. To be honest with you, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, the pro- the politics of the AEW is always going to get in the way. Tony Khan don't know how to run a fucking company. That's why he's letting wrestlers help him run a company. As much as you hate Vince, Vince never let wrestlers run the fucking company. Here's the thing. Even Triple H has stepped away from the wrestling ring, and now he's just the head of creative, and he is running the company. Excuse me. But I read the Triple H run a company that has put his ego to the side. Then they have motherfuckers that are still wrestling, running the fucking company. That is the dumbest shit ever. When the fuck have you ever seen an active wrestler run a company for wrestlers? Think about that shit. Why the fuck did the Elite win the Trios titles the first time that the Trios titles were even a thing? They come off a suspension and win the titles. Come the fuck on. What are we doing here? I'm not trying to shit on AEW because I don't even watch the shit. But again, if you're going to have these these situations pop up where wrestling fans like me have to speak on it. And listen, like I've always said, Sam Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers. But he's been a fucking cancer. I don't know why the fuck people were so excited about Sam Punk going to AEW. I was happy that he was just back at wrestling. But anybody could have told you how this shit was going to end. If you didn't get the clear picture last year, how the fuck you missed it this year? The fact that Sam Punk is fired, and I, I know a lot of people are mad, and a lot of people are saying some crazy shit. AEW's done, and fuck this shit. AEW might have just saved their company, and I'll tell you why. Because Sam Punk is not that guy no more. I know what you're going to say. I know what I'm going to see in comments. Sam Punk still that dude. What I mean by that is he's not worth the fucking headache anymore. 
we're talking 2012 CM Punk? Oh, hell yeah. You ride that shit and you don't give a fuck. You let that shit go. You, you Hey, man, listen. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. But this is 2023 CM Punk. This is not 2012 CM Punk. This is not the summer of CM Punk. This is a completely different CM Punk. He's been out of wrestling for seven years. He comes back for two years and fucks up the entire company that he just was in. And I am a CM Punk fan. I've been a CM Punk fan since he was an ECW. I thought he should have won an ECW championship. Um, the actually, yeah, the night that he, like the night we heard about Chris Benoit passing. People forget that CM Punk is the one that replaced him in that title match against John uh, John Morrison in that AC, ACW Championship match. I thought he should have won then. Like I should have. I thought he should have won that title then. It took him years to get the ECW Championship, and even then, Vince didn't see that guy. So to me, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. But he was a terrible fucking person to be at AEW, period. I don't give a fuck how much y'all love this man. I can see it on the Raw, and I don't even watch the fucking company. I knew if I hear the news of CM Punk fucking up, that's a crazy situation on hand. CM Punk should just go and chill. Like, listen, man, I, I know you on this new show, Hills, on, on Stars, you and your wife. Thank you for what you have created in wrestling. I appreciate you 100%. But you're going to destroy companies. You do not have that ability to fuck up and still profit from it. I know a lot of people are mad at Tony Khan, but here's the thing, man. Like I've always said about AEW, it's just a very high-profile TNA. It's not even WCW anymore. At least WCW made competition. This is just TNA. It's a very high-profile TNA. TNA did the same shit AEW do. Bring in international stars because they need to. They did, they did all that shit. I remember TNA when I was a kid. TNA was just as competitive. TNA had some of the best matches. When TNA was at its high-rise, boy, TNA was smoking WWE in wrestling matches. Smoking them. Sometimes even in promos. But tell me what's the difference between AEW and TNA? What's the difference? A bunch of no-name stars getting a shot, taking over. Right? You go get old talent from a place like that. You go get old talent from WWE, bring them into the company. And then you don't have your backstage shit fixed. Because you don't know who the fuck should run it. What's the fucking difference? All in all, man, AEW did the right thing. They fired CM Punk. That was a smart thing to do. I know some of y'all are going to get mad. Some of y'all are pissed. But let's be real. Did you really think CM Punk was coming back to that fucking company after what the fuck he did last week? After what he did a year ago? Come on. They're fucked tomorrow, though, by the way. Their pay-per-view tomorrow is going to be so fucking crazy. They got to put on so many great matches that people just forget. But here's the problem with that. You don't have that many matches because you put all your fucking stock into the pay-per-view last last Sunday. So now you really are fucked because now you have a crowd that's already against you because you're on a fire, literally the hometown hero. 
You got a crowd that's already against you. You don't really have the co- the caliber of matches to even compete, to even get the crowd to sway on your side. If any of these matches are somewhat near bad, they're booing you the fuck out the building. This is kind of, as much as I believe AEW kind of did save their company, they also fucked their company. Because I think this is the end of AEW as we're about to see it. So, now we can get to what happened tonight. Which is the Payback Rate and Review Show, man. Um, like I said, WWE Payback just ended, ended just a moment ago. Uh, y'all know how I do my Rate and Review Show. I go from my least favorite match to my most favorite match of the night. Um, um, you know, I rate it one star to uh, five stars. And if I got a couple five-star matches, which I do tonight, um, I will boost up. I will talk about my least favorite five-star match to my most favorite five-star match um, tonight. So let's get it. Um, so kicking it off, my least favorite match of the night, uh, and I gave it two and a half stars, uh, was Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. I, okay. <laughs> I know people are going to automatically be like, Brandon, you hate Austin Theory. I do not hate Austin Theory. I just don't think he's ready for the caliber of WWE. Like, that caliber of WWE, he's not ready. Here's my thing. I think if Grayson Waller was in that match, it would be a way better match, and it might be more competitive. This was so stupid. I, I just, it was boring. It was so fucking boring. The first match between these two was good because the pace was fast. This was a terrible match because Austin Theory actually thrives in quick pace matches. So I don't know why the fuck you made him feel like he was supposed to methodically beat Rey Mysterio down. It was the dumbest shit ever. I didn't understand the, the psychology between this shit. Like, the best matches for Austin Theory is actually fast-paced matches. The fact of the matter is you put him in a match with Rey Mysterio and try to make him be the bigger man. And it's like this this the stupidest shit. I didn't understand it. It was a bad match. It was it was slow pace, which is a very bad match for Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio does not Rey cannot be in slow pace matches. That is not a good idea. It didn't have Austin Theory who's really not that good at slow pace matches either. This shit was just a terrible fucking match. It just didn't make any sense. I get it. I get why Triple H had to pretty much put this match on a card because you can't keep relying on the Intercontinental Championship to be the match of the night because that shit clearly would be the match of the fucking night. If Chad Gable versus Gunta was the match on this card and not this one, it would be way better. And I get why he also did it because, let's be real, this was a raw fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> Let's be 100% real for a second. This was a raw pay-per-view. Outside of this match and literally LA Knight just being on this show, this was all raw. So I get why you did it, but at the same time, you should have never done it. Like, this was a, this should have just been on SmackDown. You could have easily put this in SmackDown. It would have been a great SmackDown match. It probably would have been better on SmackDown. Yeah, I would have complained about it, but at least it would have been better on SmackDown instead of making me watch this shit on Peacock for money. Like, this was a terrible match. It just, it was so fucking slow. I gave it two and a half stars because Ray won. That was pretty much it. Um, It was terrible. It was a bad match. I just, I get people that love Austin Theory. I don't know why. Um, But yeah, um. Him beating John Cena, I've never seen somebody beat a legend like John Cena. 
and their careers go absolutely nowhere after that shit. His career has gone absolutely nowhere after this. I, I, I'm happy they didn't give the title back to him because that would have been a Vince fucking move, which you, you take the title off him a couple of weeks ago and then you put the title back on him for no reason at all. Now, uh, hopefully, Ray can now move on and go into another match and have another real quality rivalry, maybe with Santo Escobar, maybe with Grayson Waller. I don't fucking know. Maybe it's true, and maybe they really do put Solo Sikora in the U.S. Championship conversation and let him beat Ray. I don't fucking know how this all goes, but at the end of the day, like I've been saying, I'm going to continue to say this, Austin Theory needs to go back to NXT. I've said this about Dominic Mysterio, but Dominic actually has worked in, in, in WWE because he actually works as a good heel in Judgment Day. The crowd loves everybody except him. That works. Austin Theory is just by himself. He doesn't have a character. He doesn't have anything that's good about him in, on the main roster. If he goes back to NXT, he could easily become a rival, for, a rival for Carmelo Hayes. It would actually be presentable, and you could actually develop Austin Theory's character in NXT and step try, stop trying to make him a developable character on the main roster. He doesn't have anything on the main roster that we give a fuck about. Put him in NXT. Have him rival against Carmelo Hayes. He could beat Carmelo Hayes. He could beat a champion. He could move into another stratosphere in NXT like you did with Mandy Rose. Put him back in NXT and let his ass thrive there. Instead, you keep pushing him in front of these people. Some of people are going to like him because he's young. Some people are going to just – and you're going to probably be like me. When you see the talent, you just don't fucking feel it. Like you, Like John Cena said. We can, like, you're, you're just not the guy. Like, we can see bullshit. We can see bootleg. We can see what you're trying to do. But we don't connect to you. And he, and we don't, con- I don't connect to him. So, if you yeah, I noticed that it would have been easy if Gunther and Chad Gable was on his card and not have to talk about this dude. I'm not trying to hate on this dude. I just think he needs to go back to NXT. I think if he goes back to NXT, he can easily rebuild his career in NXT. But him on the main roster right now, he's fucking floundering. Because in the next couple of months, guess what he's going to be? In a tag team with Grayson Waller. And Grayson Waller is going to be bigger than him in the next couple of months. So why fucking prolong the inevitable? Just put his ass in NXT. Have him fight Carmelo Hayes. We'll be on another level. Great. Why the fuck are we prolonging this? I have no fucking idea. But anyway, this is my least favorite match of the night. All right. My second least favorite match of the night. Uh, I hate to say it like that, but my least favorite, my second least favorite match of the night. Uh, I gave it three stars, and that is the Rear Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez uh, uh, WWE Championship, uh, WWE Women's Railway Championship match. Yeah, I gave it three stars. Um, I think Rhea works better with smaller competitors. Like this was this was just literally it got better at the end, but that was because Raquel Rodriguez finally became like what she needed to be. You trying to compare strength with Rhea Ripley? I don't give a shit about. I don't care. I know you guys are strong. I don't care about that. I wish this match would have been more like the NXT matches where the two of them would just go at it instead. This shit was kind of like a standard first meetup in the main roster. Let's just try to not fuck up each other. Like, it was, it was, it was just, it just played into nothing. 
Uh, it was supposed to play into their strengths. It played into nothing. It was a terrible. It it just didn't connect. Like I said, at the end it kind of heated up, and that's why I gave it three stars because it, at the end this would have been literally two and a half stars too. But at the end it kind of heated up. Raquel Rodriguez finally, like I said, started to kind of show what she can be. They need to give her being a baby face is not gonna work. They need to turn the heel. I, I I'm getting to the point now. You gotta turn the heel. Because this shit is not going to work. Maybe that will bring out her aggression side because her doing the back shit is just getting annoying. Um, I just want her to go into a heel role. And if you had heel versus heel, this probably would have worked better because then she would have been just handcuffed, like no handcuffs. She would have been free to just go. But this heel persona shit she's in is fucking terrible. Uh, like I said, it got better at the end, but it, it was supposed to go the way it went. Rhea Ripley was supposed to beat her. Um, I don't know what happens at Fast Lane, to be honest with you. There's so many possibilities. They could, they could run this back, or they could even give it, they could put, I don't think Real versus Trish is a good idea. I don't even think Becky versus Trish, uh, Becky versus Real is a good idea right now. I know that's probably what they're going to run into, but th- I don't think that's a good idea. I actually think Zoe Stark should get a chance at Real Ripley first. I think if you're going to build a character, you should push her first. Um, if you're, if you're going to do it the, the right way, and that is probably put the money match, and that is Becky versus Rhea at WrestleMania, then you need to build it the right way. Don't give us the Becky versus Rhea match right out the gate. Like, let's prolong this shit. And you can have Trish and Rhea fight at Royal Rumble. Don't have them fight right immediately. That's why I say they probably run this back, Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea at Fastlane. But I don't think they're going to fight anytime soon, especially not on a pay-per-view. Um, I can see... Um, I can see EO Sky versus Charlotte next month. Then I can see this again. And that's just how I think about it. That's what I feel about that shit. So I thought it was three stars. I, I didn't I didn't really have too much to really say about it. Like I said, it got better at the end. But that's because Ra- Raquel Rodriguez finally stopped trying to, like, go one-on-one with her with strength and just did it. That's what it was. It was like she finally just, like, fuck it. I just do what she does. And she started, t- like, swinging Rhea-, Rhea Ripley. That's what the fuck you should have did at the beginning. It should have just went straight for, we know each other already. We ain't got to do this test of strength shit. Let's just get into it. It took forever. It took too long to get into it. Raquel also missed a couple of spots. It just was, yeah, it was just, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good match. It just, it just wasn't good. Um, yeah. I gave it three stars. Um, third on the list for me, uh, I gave it four stars. Close four and a half, but four stars. Um, was L.A. Knight versus The Miz. Special guest referee John Cena. I gave it four stars, man. I gave it four and a half, but I, 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 I rounded down to four stars. Um, you could tell this was a Triple H pay-per-view because he let these two men actually go out there and fight. <laughs> like... This would have been a short to the to the precise end. It would have been quick as hell if this was it. So it'd be five minutes. Shit really wouldn't have made any sense. It would have not prolonged the story. It would have made no sense. Um, I said this last night. I was like, why is John Cena not giving LA Knight uh, pretty much the John Cena? Like, you got a kid. Like, why is he not giving him that? And um, it made sense. He waited to tonight to do it. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good match, man. I thought it was actually better than what I thought a lot of people would think. 
it wasn't just the match, it was the presentation of the match. I think both men being really good at the mic, um, going into the promo last night, doing their promo last night, what the men's did Monday night, what the, what LA Knight did the, fr- the Friday night before that, all of it, it just all worked out perfectly. Then they have John Cena be the special guest referee. By the way, it was the slowest counts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, it was some of the slowest counts I've ever seen in my life. But I get it. It was like the big, like, you like like everybody says, you got to have the big swing of the arm when you know it's a three count. He kind of just – it was it was too much. It was just too much. I just I just didn't understand that. But, um, yeah, it was it was, it was was a good match. I, I thought it was a really good match. Um, the men's got some offense in, which was supposed to happen. L.A. Knight got his offense in. L.A. Knight won, which was the perfect – it was supposed to happen that way. I don't know what they're going to do with L.A. Knight now, to be honest with you. I don't know if you put him in the U.S. championship match against Ray and let him beat Ray and take the U.S. title. I don't know what you do. But I do know this. This was actually better than what I thought people would expect. It was it was a match that I thought he needed to have, which is a one-on-one, actually quality match. As much as people could shit on The Miz, which if you're a real wrestling fan, you know how hard The Miz has worked and became a real worker, man. Like, he's actually a really good fucking wrestler. I know you well to hate that shit, but he's actually a really good wrestler. And what he did was actually give LA Knight a match that we kind of needed him to have. This match combined with the Finn Balor win a couple of nights ago at, on Friday night, which a lot of people don't talk about a lot, but that was a massive fucking win for LA Knight. That was a big fucking win. You beat Finn Balor, the first ever Universal Champion. You beat him. One, two, three in the middle of the motherfucking ring. I know people are going to say, well, that was a Bray Wyatt tribute match, and can you really, you know, give him that? But yes, that is actually still a win that is massive for him. I actually thought that was a bigger win than this match tonight. But because especially if you take into account Finn Balor coming off of fighting Seth Rollins for the last two, you know, the last two wherever championship matches on top of the fact that he's in one of the biggest factions right now in Judgment Day and he beat him clean. And to the fact that he beat the Miz tonight. So, and then of course, John Cena, again, like I said, raising his arm at the end. And them two shaking hands and pretty much him giving L.A. Knight their endorsement. That's massive. So, yeah, four stars. I give L.A. Knight in, in the Miz four stars. I thought it was a really good match, you know, all in all. So, yeah. Um, so, I have three five-star matches tonight. Um, and I'm going to get into it right now. Um, my first five-star match is Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Championship match. All in all, it's a technical match, man. It was a really good match. Shinsuke and Seth played until what the match was centered around, which was his back. It was centered around his back. I know a lot of people would say this was a very slow match. It wasn't really nothing they could really get into. But if you actually know the psychology between these two men, they're pretty great at what the fuck they do. And that is prolong a match and make the shit actually good. This was actually the best Shinsuke match I think he's ever had in WWE. Since NXT, like, since he's been on the main roster, this might be the best uh, Shinsuke match he's had in WWE since being on the main roster. And that's AJ Styles. That's that's so many matches. Like, this made Shinsuke actually – this made me actually think Shinsuke should win a title soon. Like, he should be WWE champion. Hell, I thought he should actually go and fight Gunther and take the belt from him. Like, I was like, this is the Shinsuke I've been waiting to see. This was actually the Shinsuke we actually thought he should be. Like, it took a minute 
but this is what Shinsuke should have been the, long, uh, the whole time. This is what he. Sh- this is the reverse of what Oscar was when Oscar went back to Japan and became Oscar the Japan Oscar, and they came back and Shinsuke is literally what the fuck WWE needed him to be. He reversed it to that tonight. Um, I thought it was the best match, and then you're in the ring with Seth Rollins, and Seth played this perfectly. He did it perfect. I know a lot of people say this was a very slow, methodical pace. It wasn't what we wanted, and but this was exactly what it needed to be. It was the match that, like I said, set played into what he it, they played into what the match was supposed to be and what it was always centered around his back. So it played perfectly into it. So yeah, man, I, I gave it five stars. You know, uh, thought it was a really great match. Um, here we go. <laughs> here we fucking go. I, I, gave, I gave one match. I gave it four and a half stars, but then as I watched it and rewatched everybody on clips and everything, I had to give it a five star, man. Um, and that is the first match of the night, which was Becky versus Trish um, in a steel cage match. I gave it five stars. I gave it four and a half at the beginning. Now I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to give it five. Because it really was actually a really good fucking match. Um, now we can shut the fuck up about why they didn't, why Triple H took them over SummerSlam because they let their ass go. Man, was this a good match? Um, Becky and Trisha, like, was the robbery a little bit too long? Of course, the fuck it was. Super fucking long. It shouldn't have been this fucking long. But if we're going to get a match like this, thank you. Uh, <laughs> like, if it's going to be a match like this, thank you. I'll take it. Um, all in all, man, both women went out there and, 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 and did exactly what it was supposed to be, man. They took a lot of risk, man. That, that suplex off the cage uh, that Becky gave to Trish uh, was crazy. Um, a lot of fucking moves off the cage. Like, um, you know... Uh, Trish doing the Trish uh, the satisfaction off the fucking cage like shit like that like it was it was a lot of fucking things that these two were doing to each other callbacks to the first women's steel cage match when Trish hit uh widow's peak on Becky Becky hit uh the twist of fate on Trish which was you know Victorian leader in the first women's steel cage match ever um you knew Zoe Stark was gonna get involved somehow, some way, which kind of dampened it a little bit for me. But it, it kind of played into what the match was. Um, oh no, this was a hell of a match, man! I thought it was really great. Um, it was what it was supposed to be. I think, like I said, I get why Triple H took it off the SummerSlam match now, SummerSlam card now, because this was actually what it was supposed to be. It was a great match, closed out the, the rivalry. Perfectly, Becky won, which was supposed to happen. I'm not ready to see her versus Rhea. I don't think it need to happen right now. We could hold off on this match. Please hold off on this match. Um, but yeah, it was a great match, man. And it, now I don't know what they're gonna do with Trish. Maybe she goes into the robbery with Zoe Stark. I actually didn't like the fact that they actually broke them up. I think that it should have actually went into. They should have went into right into a tag team title match opportunity because I don't see any tag team women. You can't be breaking up every fucking tag team you get together, especially in the women division. That's stupid. Um, but yeah. Oh, no, it was a great match. But my match in the night.
on that tonight was clearly the Steel City Street Fight. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. This is actually, if I give it 10 stars, I give it 10 stars. This shit was incredible. <laughs> like, this shit was amazing. Um, I knew Judgment Day was going to beat them. I knew it Monday. I knew they were going to beat them Monday. Um, not surprised at all that they beat them. Um, you can hear Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn pretty much, Kevin Owens particularly say he feels like he has given the, 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 the WWE tag team titles its proper respect since he, him and Sami won them. Um, the storyline really hasn't fit. It doesn't, you know, um, but all in all, I thought this was a, this was supposed to be the match. I thought it was a, it fucking was great. You have two teams that fucking can go. It fucking worked. I get that you had to have uh, the interference, but what really played into this match was what it's always been. Judgment Day just has the fucking numbers. You have, you know, Dirty Dime, which is clearly like everybody knows is going to get his ass whooped by them regardless of how I was going to go. Kevin Owens is actually bleeding in this fucking match. I was like, holy shit, Kevin Owens bleeding. Holy shit. Like, it made it feel like, holy shit, this is a really good match. The swan time bomb off the fucking, out the crowd, like, to Owens to uh, Dominic Mysterio, which is fucking amazing. Real Ripley spearing fucking Kevin Owens through a barricade, which was incredible. Like, what the fuck? And then J.D. McDunham coming out and saving the, tie, the match for, for uh, the Judgment Day. And then getting literally, he didn't even pop the power bomb. He got literally spiked on the fucking table. He didn't even pop the power bomb. Then he just throw him up and fucking just slammed him into the table. Like, he didn't even get power bomb. Uh, all in all, it was a great match. Like I said, the, 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 the odds played against him. And that is what's supposed to fucking happen. If you're going to play this team... You're gonna play them as the new uh, bloodline. They should have all the titles. That's what's fucking supposed to happen. I thought it was a pretty good idea. Um, like I said, I thought they were gonna lose. I thought Sammy and Kevin were gonna lose. I do think they're gonna get the titles back at some point because eventually it's going to break up. Damian Priest and Finn Balor are going to break up. Um, do I think JD Madonna now is a part of the Judgment Day? Yeah, I think Monday you're gonna see them finally try like him trying to finally get himself into Judgment Day. And that's what's also gonna cost them the tag team title. So I think that it's a whole for, for it all. But all in all, that was the best match of the night. I thought it was a fucking crazy ass match. Most of these matches was pretty fucking decent. I mean, like I said, two matches I didn't really love that much was the you know, Austin and Ray or the Rhea and, and, and Raquel, but if you speed up the pace in both of these matches or you put Raquel in a position where she didn't have to play the good guy and had to play by the rules and just do what the fuck she's supposed to have done, it, both of these matches would have been great. Um, but all in all, that was, that was, that's what I thought of payback, man. Also, clearly, Cody Rhodes being a part of the Grayson Wilder, uh, Wilder effect and announcing Jey Uso is coming to Monday Night Raw, which I'm looking super forward to. I don't know what you would do with Jey Uso on Monday Night Raw, to be honest with you. That could be the next rivalry for Cody Rhodes. It could be the next rivalry for Seth Rollins. I don't fucking know what you do with Jey Uso on Monday Night Raw, but he's back. And by the way, I need people to understand something. Did you not see what it, what happened on SmackDown last night? Jimmy Uso has a new theme song, but he's still kind of like bloodline. 
Whereas for Jimmy for Jay Uso, he comes out to the same theme song, kinda. It's just me, Uso. It, you know, and it's just him saying it's just me now. It's it's my time. So him being on Raw, kind of like Ray leaving, you know, Raw because he didn't want to deal with the, the Judgment Day anymore. And he went to SmackDown. Same thing with, with Jay going to Raw now. I want to see how this is going to look. I really want to see. But also, like I said, the color. If you look at Jay Us- Jimmy Uso last night on, Raw, on SmackDown, he's still bloodline. You still see the, the making of it. It's still black and red. It's still bloodline. Whereas for Jay Uso, if you look at his when he came out, it's blue. Which is like clear skies, you know, like you know, what I'm saying like heaven and hell, pretty much, right? So it, it's pretty cool to see that, man. But Jay Uso's part of the raw now. All in all, how do I feel about payback? This whole uh, payback event. It was good. I thought it was actually a really good B show, a B show. Um, and I thought it was a really good, good show. Um, all in all, speaking of that, uh, tonight, which. It's probably already out. I don't know what time it is. Maybe be it might be eleven o'clock. I don't really know. But um, uh, tonight will be my top ten uh, nine big four matches from uh, pay per view events. So this was a pretty good pay per view. Oh uh, no, I thought it was a really good match, man. It was a really good pay per view. I hope you guys enjoy this when it comes out. It'll be out tomorrow night, Monday. Uh, so hope you guys enjoy this until then. Well, Sunday, I should say Sunday night. Uh, but until then, man, I am Brandon Janu. This has been the uh, Wrestling Life Payback Rate Review Show. Hope you guys enjoyed the pay-per-view like I did. If not, go watch it on Peacock. Um, excuse me. And one more time before I leave, rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. Thank you for everything, man. Until then, till next time, Fastline is the next pay-per-view, October 7th, I think they said. So October 7th, I'll see you guys for Fastline. Till then, I am Brandon Janu. Peace.